appreciate the opportunity to be here once again this morning. Appreciate your prayers, appreciate the singing and the prayer this morning. Appreciate what uh, the sound doctrine that Brother Bobby brought forth. I love that scripture over there between 27 and 30. In those scriptures shows us the greatest gift that we've ever been given. He said, my father which gave them me is greater than all. It's a gift that we have, uh, not a gift that we asked for, but a gift that we have in the, in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So we're thankful for those things. Surely we can rejoice in it, declare the sovereignty of God and what God has done for the sheep, his sheep. Um, and so we're thankful for that. We'd like to continue on this morning. Ask that you continue to pray for me as I stand before you. Appreciate the fellowship and the love and the and the hospitality. I just appreciate everything that we always feel when we're here uh, at Union Grove. Love you all very much. And um, you just, as I said, you continue to pray for me. I want to try to speak on a word this morning, if it be the Lord's will, on uh, sanctification and just what sanctification is. If you asked a lot of people out in the world, what is sanctification, what is the definition of sanctification, I believe one of the most popular answers you would probably get is that it means to be sanctimonious. That is, to be holy within yourself, to be righteous within yourself, to be sanctimonious. That's not the definition of sanctification in God's Word. And the first place that we see the word sanctification is found in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 3, where God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He sanctified the seventh day. Now, that doesn't mean that it was a, a, a most righteous day, a holier-than-thou day. It doesn't mean that on that seventh day that you didn't have to worry about getting bit by fleas and mosquitoes and, and ticks and all that kind of stuff. It was set apart. That day was set apart, and that's, that is what sanctification is. It's a setting apart for a holy use. And so we'd like to consider that word sanctification this morning as we go through God's Word and, and realize that there are different sanctifications. Now, I want to talk about a church at Corinth uh, here in 1 Corinthians, and that church, as you are familiar with, had a, uh, had a number of problems. They had a lot of problems in that church. They, I'm not going to go through them all. I couldn't go through them all. I don't know how many troubles they had, but I know there were a lot of troubles that were going on in that church at Corinth. Everything from practical to doctrinal. I mean, they, they were, uh, they were uh, rejecting the doctrine of the resurrection, uh, which is a pretty serious thing, plus many other practical things that were going on in that church. I hardly think that anybody would think, this, if, if I were to ask you, was the church at Corinth sanctified, was it set apart for a holy use, your answer would probably be no. Not according to what the Apostle Paul's written. It doesn't appear to be sanctified or set apart. But listen what the Apostle Paul says here, opening up in the first chapter. He says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, 
called to be saints with all that in every place uh, with all that in every place call upon uh, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord both theirs and ours notice he says that they are sanctified that they have been set apart for a holy use even with all the problems that were going on the apostle Paul said that they were sanctified set apart for a holy use in Christ Jesus what I'd like to try to look at this morning are a couple of different sanctifications that we can find in God's Word. And the sanctification that the Apostle Paul is talking about here in 1 Corinthians is not in their deeds, not in their acts, but is talking about a positional sanctification. Amen. That the Lord had sanctified them. The Lord had set them apart. And it certainly wasn't because of anything that they had done. We could understand that this morning. That nothing that they did deserved their positional sanctification. And I want to tell you there are a lot of churches, dear child of God, and, and I'm talking about, when I say churches, I'm talking about the old Baptist church. I hope you know that. I'm not including the old Baptists with all the worldly denominations out there, but there are a lot of churches out there, brothers and sisters, that are going off into error and are not, do, and are not heeding the, the writing or the teaching of God's Word. And because of such, they are not... Uh, but that doesn't mean that they aren't sanctified. It doesn't mean that those children of God in there haven't been set apart for a holy use, positionally speaking. When I say positionally, I'm talking about your position in the, in the courts of heaven, your position as far as you stand before God, that you have been sanctified, that you have been set apart uh, to a holy use. We have a need for that. We had a need to be sanctified positionally, didn't we? Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You know, the Apostle Paul went down further and he said, in, in Romans, he said, There is none that doeth good, no, not one. They are all gone out of the way, they are all together be, become unprofitable. <clears throat> there is none that doeth good. <clears throat> Before we go any further, perhaps you say, But I've done good. I've joined the church, or... I've prayed or I've done this. I've done, that's not who's under consideration here. The ones under consideration are not the born children of God. It's those, dear child of God, in the third chapter of Romans that are under consideration are those that are dead in trespasses and in sins. Where we all were at one time. That third chapter of Romans and that 15 descriptions that the Apostle Paul brings out there about dead men is not a, is not a diagnosis of a sick man. It's the autopsy of a dead man. Right. It's showing forth who dead man is. And there was none good. If you've done anything good in your life, it's because the Lord has already planted his seed into your heart. And that seed remaineth, John says, in John, 1 John 3 and 9. <clears throat> for we cannot commit sin, for his seed remaineth in us. And we cannot sin because he, because we are born of God. That doesn't mean you can't sin. The same writer said in the first chapter, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sounds complicated, doesn't it? Not really. Not really. There's a nature within us, dear child of God, that cannot sin. There's a nature within us that has sanctified us in this life, that has sanctified, that has set us apart in the eyes of God and what He has done for us. We see that the, 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 the fool over in Psalms 14:1, the fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. The fool hath said, You know, man's problem is not a head problem, 
Man's problem is a heart problem. It's the heart that's corrupt before you're born again by the child of God. Now, I'm not saying when you're born again by the child of God, you can't sin. We can sin. We practice sin. We, we, we practice that almost on, on, on a daily basis. But there's a nature within us that God gives us that doesn't desire those things anymore. And there's a warring the Apostle Paul talked about in Galatians. So we see here that there was a need. When, would the, when did this sanctification, when did this setting apart take place? Brother Bobby this morning has already quoted it over in Jude, verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother to James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father. When were you sanctified? Before the foundation of the world, you were set apart. Before the foundation of the world, Brother Bob, you were already a sheep. Goats are never sheep and sheep are never goats. I don't believe in natural evolution and I don't believe in spiritual evolution. I don't believe animals spiritually evolve from a goat to a sheep or the other way around. And I don't believe goats and sheep evolve into one another naturally speaking. I believe if you're a sheep, blessed be to God, you've always been a sheep. From before the foundation of the world, he set you apart and there is a difference. He said, he, he said the dog should not wag his tongue against, uh, that they may know that God doth put a difference in the 12th chapter uh, of Exodus. That, God, that you may know that God, or in the 11th chapter, that you may know that God doth put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. I want to tell you what, dear brothers, there's always been a difference between you and the non-elect. Perhaps not in practice. You know, there's children of God out there that can just mimic who they were in the Adam nature. But I want to tell you, in the eyes of God, there's always been a difference. And there'll always be a difference because He has loved you with an everlasting love. He sanctified you from before the foundation of the world. He set you apart for a holy use. And praise be to God, we can rejoice in that this morning, uh, that we have those things. Uh, he says... Over in, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, uh, uh, Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout uh, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God through sanctification of the Spirit, unto, obedience, unto the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, that isn't our obedience, by the way. That's Christ's obedience. That's his obedience. That's right. That's his blood. But I want to tell you what, what, it, what does apply to us. It applies to us that we were sanctified. The elect have been sanctified and plunged into Christ uh, before the foundation of the world and on the cross of Calvary. And we can rejoice in that this morning, dear child of God, that there has always been a difference between us and the non-elect. The apostle Paul said in the fourth chapter of Galatians, and because you are sons... Because you are sons, am I a son? Am I a son of God when He borns me again by the Spirit of God? No, you've been a son of God from before the foundation of the world. But I want to tell you what: in the new birth, it is vitally applied to you. And because you are sons, He hath sent forth the Spirit of His sons into your is the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, "Abba, Father." That's when you're born again, when the Spirit of God is placed in your heart and you cry out, Abba, Father. What's Abba mean? It's a term of endearment. It's like a child crying out to their father, Dad, Dad. You see, it's then when we're born again by the Spirit of God that, 
that we know that we have a Father intuitively speaking in our hearts. And we cry out to Him, but it's because you were already sons and because you are sons. And we can rejoice, Heavenly Father, that, uh, in, in our Heavenly Father, that He has loved us from before the foundation of the world. What is the price and the means of that sanctification, of that positional sanctification? He said in the 10th chapter of Hebrews, in about the 9th verse, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that law, that He may establish the second, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It was one sacrifice and it was for all. It was for all who? All those that he sanctified. You see, we were sanctified before the foundation of the world, but it was applied on the cross at Calvary. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, the work, as Brother Ronnie said last night, the work was finished. And we, what work is that? The work of redemption. The work of reconciliation. The atonement was complete on Calvary's cross. And he could say it is finished. He could bow his head and say it is finished. But we have been sanctified. We have been set apart before the foundation of the world. The blood of Jesus Christ declares that sanctification brought forward in the death of his son. In the death of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Applied on the cross, he said over in Hebrew in Hebrews thirteen, Hebrews thirteen and twelve. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people. You said, brother, I thought you said we were sanctified in God from before the foundation of the world. Yes, and amen. You were sanctified. You were set apart. And it is Jesus Christ that came and died on the cross for the very ones that were sanctified by then and showed forth that sanctification on the blood, on, on the cross at Calvary. He goes on to say, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Suffered without the gate. That's the means of sanctification. That's the price of sanctification. He sanctified us on the cross at Calvary. It's through what Jesus Christ has done. The work is complete and we have been sanctified. Now that sanctification is applied to us in regeneration. It sets us apart for a holy use. It sets us apart. You know the apostle uh, said over in Ephesians uh, chapter 2. He says, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you have he quickened. That quickened, of course, we know means to be brought to life. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Let's see if we can't see uh, the concept of sanctification here in the new birth. Wherein... In time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince wherein, let me go back, wherein in time past, ye walked. This is how you walked in time past, in agreement or in according to the course of this world. 
There was no difference in us as far as in our actions before the Spirit of God born us again by the before we were born again by the Spirit of God. There was no difference in our actions. There was no difference in our thoughts. There was no difference in the things that we did as dead alien sinners, but in the eyes of God, there was a difference. And that difference is brought forth in the doctrine, uh, in, in the work of regeneration. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also among whom also we all had our conversation. Now that conversation is not just talking about conversation, talking. That conversation is talking about our life, our way of life, and how we lived. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature, were by nature, the children of wrath, even as others. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But he says, but God. Aren't you thankful for that but God right there? I would hate for that, uh, that thought to end right there, Brother Bobby. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he, he hath loved us even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together in Christ. And then he says in quotations, for by grace are ye saved, <clears throat> for by grace are ye saved. What a wonderful thing. And we can go over to Titus in Titus chapter 3. And we can see over there in Titus chapter 3. Well, let me find it. It was in my Bible this morning. Hope nobody ripped that out. <laughs> Titus chapter 3, in verse 3, it says, For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lusts, and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Now that's not a very good description of man, is it? But listen to what he says after that. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. After that, there's been a change done. You have been set apart. It has been applied to you in the work of regeneration. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he has shed upon us abundantly. So we can rejoice, dear child of God, that we see here that in that positional sanctification that we were sanctified from before the foundation of the world, the means of that and the price of that sanctification was Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary and it is vitally applied to us in the new birth. We have been set apart. And thanks be to God, nothing can change that. Now I want to tell you what they were in fault of. I want to tell you what the church at Corinth was in fault of. They weren't in fault of positional sanctification. No. Because that's the work of God. But I want to tell you what they were in fault of is practical sanctification. Right. Being practically sanctified in this life. I already said it and I'll say it again. It doesn't matter how the child of God lives in this life. This is not a license to go and live any way you want to. 
It's not, it doesn't matter how you live in this life, how disobedient you are to your heavenly Father. As far as your positional sanctification, it stands. It stands. The test. It will, you will always be positionally sanctified. But I want to tell you, there is a humongous difference in how we ought to practically sanctify ourselves in this world. You know, that's the, that's the problem with a lot of these mega churches. They don't want to sanctify themselves from the world. What they want to do is they want to bring the world in. You know, I used to, back home in the mountains of North Carolina, I used to do a, 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 a lot of canoeing. In fact, I've canoed, I think, about every river up there, which is a lot. And, and you'd canoe those rivers, and, and, you know, some of those would have some pretty good rapids and things. It was a lot of fun and, until you got water in the canoe. Until the canoe submerged, and, and you know it was just like a log rolling in. You'd have to try to swim it to shore to, to get all the water out, you know. It's good to have the canoe on the water, but it's no good when you got water in the canoe. I want to tell you what, I'm thankful that God has got his church in the world. But dear child of God, the church ought to be sanctified from the things of this world. We don't need the things of this world in the church. And when we bring the things of the world into this church, into the Lord's church, I want to tell you what, it can cease to be the church of Christ. Doesn't mean he won't have a church somewhere. He'll move it. He's not, he's, he's not, uh, he's, he's not owing to us, Brother Ronnie. That's right. He can move the church. It's his church. We can destroy one, one we can destroy a faction. We can't destroy the church. Apostle Paul already proved you can't do that. <laughs> tried but listen here we've got to uh, we've got to admonish one another in practical sanctification being set apart in our lives to a holy use Lord and our, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said in John 17 and 17 when praying to his heavenly father he said sanctify them by thy word thy word is truth what kind of sanctification is that? We're talking about a practical sanctification. Set them apart. How? By thy word. Thy word is truth. You want to be sanctified from the things of this world? You, you put your head into God's word. You read God's word and you study God's word. It's a, it's, it, it'll help us in this life and give us the direction and, and how we're to live in this life and the things that we are to do that are pleasing to God that sets us apart from all others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we see a sanctification, a practical sanctification here. He says, Know ye not, in the ninth verse, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Now we're not talking about God's eternal kingdom. Everyone that has been sanctified, as we've already said before, before the foundation of the world, will be in heaven one day by the grace of God. He goes on to say, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor abusers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves and with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. You know, a lot of people use that in an eternal sense. They say, boy, if you're any one of those things, uh, you're not going to go to heaven. I want to tell you what, if that's the case, we're going to have to rewrite a lot of God's word. Oh, wait, that's already been done, hasn't it? <laughs> that's already been done. We, we're going to we're gonna have to really take a different look at God's word and what it says. 
We already we know, dear child of God, amen, we know that it's not by our works or our deeds or what we do or what we don't do in order to receive the gift of eternal heaven. That's of the Lord. But listen about what this kingdom is. This kingdom is talking about the kingdom church here now in this life. You cannot just do these things that the Apostle Paul talks about in this life and expect to enter into the kingdom of God now. You might enter in through those doors, brothers and sisters, living in an ungodly way, but I want to tell you, it's up to the Lord to bring you into His kingdom. You ever been preaching? Well, I know a lot of you. I know you haven't been preaching, but that's silly. Um, I've been preaching time, and you other preachers can contest to this. Be up preaching, and, and you see... One one person over there, and you can't even. Their eyes have rolled back in their head, and they're about you know they're just they're giving it this right here, about ready to about ready to fall. I actually feel so bad about them because we know what that's like, uh, about ready to go to sleep. And then over here on the other side, you see a dear brother or sister, and, and and the Lord's blessing you to preach the gospel, and the tears are just dripping from their cheeks, and they're rejoicing in that. I want to tell you what that's one right there that's entered into the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you what I want to do. I want to try to uh, sanctify myself from the things of this world that I can come in to the kingdom of God in His church and I can rejoice in a risen Savior. And I can be made to feel the manifested presence of God. And when we're made to feel that dear child of God, it strengthens us in our service to God, doesn't it? It strengthens us in our service to God. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such, this is how I know, this is not just talking about a, 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 an eternal thing. He says, and such were some of you. Now if this was an eternal situation, the apostle Paul would have to say, and such were all of you. But he doesn't say, and such were all of you. He says, and such were some of you. Some of you were living in this ungodly way, but you need to sanctify yourself from this wicked city of Corinth and come into the church and enjoy the kingdom of God. And he goes on to say, and such were some of you, but you are washed. We're not talking about the washing of regeneration. We're talking about a cleansing in this life. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He goes, and such were some of you, but you are washed, but ye are what? Sanctified. Set apart practically. Set apart practically. Sanctified. But ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see, we have an example in this life of how we're to live. In Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Uh, no, let me go to. Uh, let me get my thoughts here. Uh, let me go to First Peter 2. Chapter 2 and 21. Talking about that example that we're to be. Who's the example we're to follow? You're supposed to follow the pastor? Well, 
The Apostle Paul said, you know, you can follow me, but, you know, and that's a good thing as long as that pastor's following the Lord. That's right. If that that pastor ever quits following the Lord, I want to tell you what, you better quit following the pastor. You better quit following the church. If the church begins to go off in error against the word of God, let that be your standard. Let that be your measuring rod. Let that be your rule for your sanctification in this life that we adhere uh, to the word of God and that we stay true to his will and our service to him. He says over in 1 Peter chapter 2 and 21, for hereunto ye are called because Jesus also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. An example. How do we sanctify ourselves practically? Jesus has been left as an example of how we are to follow in his steps. When he goes on to say, and he uses that word example, that example, that word example in the Greek is hypogrammas. It's where we get the word grammar. He is our hypogrammas. He is our example. What's hypogrammas? You remember in maybe uh, first or second grade uh, when you were in English and it was time to, to try to learn how to, how, to, how to write letters? And you got this, you got this uh, notepad and you opened it up and it had the two bold lines and the dashed lines in the middle. And there would be a perfect A right there. And you would have to sit there and make that perfect A all the way down through there. And practice that A. And then you'd go to B and you'd, you'd practice that B. That's hypogrammas. He is our example. If you want to know how to live your life, look at him as an example. He says, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, well now brother, I tell you what, when I'm reviled, I just can't stand it. I just can't hold back. Oh yes you can, brothers and sisters. When he was reviled, he reviled not. You know what that example is for us? We're not to revile back. He goes, he reviled not again, but he suffered. When he suffered, he threatened not but committed himself to him that judges righteously. We ought to be sanctifying ourselves. The church ought to be sanctifying herself from the things of this world. The Apostle Paul would, would say further in the fourth chapter of first in that fourth chapter of first Peter, in the third verse, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lusciousness, lusts, excess of wine, revilings, revilings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of rioting, speaking evil of you. They think it's strange. Well, what, what's happened? Bro? That, that, that Carrie, he, he, don't wanna, he, he don't enjoy the same things that he once did. He, he doesn't hang out with the guys anymore. You know, when you begin to exercise practical sanctification in your life, you don't have to worry about leaving your friends. Your friends will leave you or your so-called friends. You don't have to worry about trying to leave them. You just sanctify yourself in this life and those so-called friends will leave you. You know, what did the Apostle Paul say in the 6th chapter of Galatians? 
But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. The world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. You know what the Apostle Paul saying? I don't want anything to do with this world. And he's also saying, but he's also saying, and the world doesn't want to have anything to do with me. And I want to tell you, that's how we ought to live, or that's how we ought to live in this life. We ought to live in a way that sanctifies ourselves from the world, that, that God would get the glory in our lives, that we would be the light of the, of the earth, uh, uh, that we'd be the salt of the earth, that we may go around, there, there may be a difference in us, not to the end that you would be judged, or right, not to the end that you, could, that you could look like, think you're something, but that God would get the glory. I want to tell you, uh, I've been around people that, that, uh, that, were, that were showing forth that sanctification, like I wished I could. I mean, to me, they were just... Uh, and toes and their head and shoulders above me. And I want to tell you what, I wasn't, I wasn't praising them. I was praising God. I was praising God for what God had done and glorifying Him. We ought to continue to sanctify ourselves in this world. Do you know the best way to start sanctifying yourself from this world? If you haven't done so, is come forward in baptism. Just come forward in baptism. Amen. Sanctify yourself. You know, the Apostle Paul spoke about that in the second chapter of Acts. Men and brethren, what shall we do? What, what are we going to do? He told them what to do. He told them to come and be baptized, didn't he? And there were a whole host of people that were baptized that day. He said, save yourself from this untoward generation. I'll tell, you what, I'll tell you what baptism does, dear child of God. It shows forth your desires to be practically sanctified, to, to, take up, to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow the Lord in baptism. What a wonderful rejoice! If you haven't done that, I want to tell you what. If you haven't done that, I want you to stay here this afternoon and watch a beautiful ceremony. I want to, you to watch a beautiful communion take place. We're... The children of God in the church that are members in the church can come together and take bread and take wine and kneel at one another's feet and wash the saints' feet. What a beautiful display of that practical sanctification in this life. I pray, Heavenly Father, and that, that is where the church, it, the church of Corinth was falling short of. We're positionally sanctified in the Lord. But practically sanctified, where do you stand today? Where do I stand? I can see in myself a lot of room of improvement that I need to make in this life. And may we continue on in this life to show forth the glory of God in all that we do. God bless you. I appreciate the time.